September 12th. I began my search in the summer of 1956 after hearing of the town of Weeks, a place that had an unusual number of missing persons reports. America is filled with such towns, but what made this one more odd than some was that there had never been a report of a body found. Indeed, the number of open missing cases stood at a staggering 364, the last of which happened a mere 10 weeks ago. So, thusly, I embark on my journey. September 21st. It only took me a few hours upon my arrival to feel the malignant presence that lurked in the forgotten town of weeks. Its buildings and structures in various stages of decay, all of them abandoned to the ravages of time. I visited the library in Weatherfield, a nearby town. It didn't take me long to find information about the region. Once a vast, prosperous, and sprawling industrial area, Week suddenly became a ghost town. Not through the lack of iron ore, but on account of a series of terrible disasters. Once again, I had found a place touched by the darkest of evils, so powerful that it spread like a virus in the area, consuming the world around it, rotting the core from within. The locals of Weatherfield would not discuss or talk further of the town of Weeks. The locals acted like the sort of thing you would see in a weekly penny dreadful, their eyes wild with horror. What happened here? September 23rd. I've spent two days in this derelict library. The archives are somewhat unorganized, but I've managed to learn more about the town of weeks. I get this eerie feeling as I sit in that basement that I feel a need to learn more. I've come too far now. I managed to piece together some parts and it seems like everything leads back to the Macmillan estate, a huge industry with a mine and a foundry the former heart of weeks. I found some police reports and complaints, but no sign of legal action. The archives here, they don't, they don't tell the whole story, but my mind tells me that I need to find this place. As the Macmillan estate might sit upon some answers about these unexplainable disappearances, I simply must go further. I feel somewhat uneasy, as my comfort zone most often is behind a desk, but I can't be shackled to words and must instead make use of action. All I've managed to find out is that some deaths occurred, and it was just shortly after that that this, this rot took hold of weeks. I've tried to find my way and ask the librarian, but she refused to talk anything about it. Old maps in the archives show the way, but nobody is willing to take me. I'll set forth tomorrow on my own. September. Unknown. I can't explain what happened today. I woke to find myself in this strange place, and I have no memory of how I came here. My last memory was that of leaving Weatherfield and beginning my journey towards the Macmillan estate. The last part, I had to travel by foot. A seemingly never-ending fire burns next to me. I can't tell how long I lay asleep. This area of woods seemed to have no day or night just an intolerable gloom. Unsure what awaits me, I will keep filling this journal, maybe with a hope to warn others. Entry 1, After the Awakening. 
Am I alive? I, I no longer know or care. I've tried to hike my way out of these forsaken woods, but to no avail. Multiple times I've tried to escape the fog, and each time I've come face to face with a nameless terror that stalks the darkness. A being in a human form. Even though I feel human is an exaggeration. It's a shadow of its former self. A horrible shadow. I fear I can't escape this place, nor the being stalking these woods. I just barely managed to escape. Silence is the key, it seems. I've also seen this evil thing, this entity, reaches out to pluck those who fall into its path, bringing them to its hideous construct where it plays with their soul for all eternity. The entity curses the innocence with an endless game of life and death. Each death brings an awakening into a fresh hell where the hunt begins again and again. I am but a mere puppet in this grim theater. Entry 6 What defines reality? Is it just that you can taste and touch? Feel the pain as the blade slides in between your ribs? Taste the iron-tinged flavor of blood in your mouth and the smell of death as the darkness takes you? Is it hope that drives you on? Hoping that the next time will bring your actual death? Or hope that the next exit reveals the actual way back home? I yearn for some kind of escape, be it death or life. Entry 17 the entity is a force of darkness from an ancient place with no name. No sense of purpose other than to endlessly torture its victims over and over again. It's torture, not death it seeks, as there is always an escape. Perhaps it feeds off our hope as it seems to offer it to us before dashing it cruelly at the last second. With each death, I feel myself weaker, a little piece of my soul devoured by the darkness before I awake again. I fear eventually that I will lose hope, and I wonder then what this dark entity will do with me. I want to find out, but I fear the answer. Am I alone here? I believe I've seen traces of others as the hunt begins. All I seek is that soothing, flickering campfire light. Entry 26 each killer seems pulled from a place of great darkness. Their own violent actions summon them in some ancient evil from its slumber. The entity reaches out, taking them willingly into the place between worlds where it demands they do its bidding. They must hunt and kill the prey set in front of them. Some go willingly, others need to be convinced. The entity tortures them until they are less human and far more thing. Until the last light of humanity is faded from their souls and they take up their weapons and sacrifice the survivors. The killers are needed to feed the entity with the hope that keeps it alive and I am a pawn in this parasitic charade. Entry 49 My travels have revealed four hellish places connected by one true evil. Each one features a past so violent and disturbing that it all ends a jumble of things I will never forget. 
and these places of such foul thought, something lurks between the fabric of what we know is real and the dream world. Awoken by violence, it touches our world, calling the killers and victims to it. The more it pulls from the real world, the stronger it becomes and the more it spreads. I came seeking answers, but I drowned in riddles instead. I know not long how I'll be able to carry on. I have all the time in the world, but only during the small pauses that I am granted. During the hunt, my time is restrained. I learn more and more. My hope and sanity depletes faster and faster. What am I to become? Have the killers started out at this campfire too? With this, I bid this journal adieu. I must focus on staying alive. As you have figured out by now, we are here to discuss Dead by Daylight. This is a game that if you've played it, and I'm sure you have at some point, if you haven't played it, maybe you've watched a streamer play it. It's a game that's not necessarily something upon first view that you would think has a lot of lore behind it. And really, it doesn't. But that's what I love about this game, because the lore is very subtle. Mm -hmm. And with me today, I have brought, I would consider my own local resident dead by daylight expert the man who himself got me into this game you heard him That's way fair. back when on our spyro episode way back in season one of the show i was also on the league of legends episode as well you were we talked about pike that's right yep. that's right ryan turner himself welcome back to video game mythos hello sir. it's good to be back I, I enjoy this show a lot so i'm glad to be back thank you i appreciate that the yeah. show enjoys you so many ryan's so little time Exactly. So better, Ryan. Well, of so, course. Yeah. Um, as as we've come to know you within the thirteen palm trees, obviously. Uh, ECU. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, yeah. So I brought you here because this is. I feel this is one of the. Uh, we don't do discussion episodes a lot. We we tend to keep those on the wayside. Um, but the reason I brought you here because I feel like this is one that needs discussion because a lot of the lore is kind of assumed mm -hmm. and there's a lot of theories and things like that uh, to be discussed. So in the intro of this, you heard us reading from Benedict's journal. So Benedict being a character who kind of sets up the lore for this entire game because if you don't know, the premise of Dead by Daylight is you choose a survivor or a killer um, and you either have to uh, repair five generators to escape the killer's grasp, and then, uh, or you can play the killer and you have to hunt down all the four survivors and kill them. Yep. 
Um, you do this by repairing these generators, which powers the door to escape. Or, like I said, you play as the killer, and you have to throw these survivors on meat hooks three times. Um, to be sacrificed. Exactly. To the entity. Yes. Um, mm. Which you heard us reference in the in the intro. So the reason I want to talk about this game, though, is because while the game is pretty rudimentary on the surface, there's not a lot to it, there are things like each of the killers, how they're connected, what is the mm-hmm. entity, how are the survivors all here, and we touched briefly on a lot of those things in the intro, but I wanted to get the perspective of somebody who's been playing this game pretty much since, I would for, say, launch. For four years. I've been playing it, yeah. Uh, so, actually, we figured out, I started playing this game probably a month or two after it originally came out. Gotcha. Which is so, still like in its infancy yeah. overall. Because this is... I would say of games of this nature, these games have like a they have an ebb and flow, mm-hmm. I think, and they don't last a whole long. The games like this, they're they kind of um, games where they're killer based. They tend to last for a year or two and then they kind of die off. Right. But this game has like stood the test of time. It has. I, I really think it's because of the way it's structured. So when you talk about killers, this game gets a lot of licensing and things like that, and they don't specifically go out of the way and call out the killers by name. Um, unless they're specifically licensed for it, like the Demogorgon, for instance. Um, yeah, or the Ghostface. You're right, the Ghostface. Yeah. So they they get licensing for these these characters, uh, like Pyramid Head, things like that. And at this point in the game, um, at the point in time this episode releases, they're, I don't even know what stage they're in, but how many killers are there at this point? Um, I, there's easily 20 Yeah, probably. And, and they point. got they got the big ones like Freddy and Michael Myers. Yeah, you got and Freddy and Michael Myers. Um, Pyramid like, Head, Demogorgon. The Pig uh, from Jigsaw. Yeah. Or from Saw. Yeah. So, and any major prolific killer, not necessarily monster, but killer, um, is going to be in here. There are a couple right. monsters like Demogorgon, mm-hmm. um, but things like that are in the game. So the idea here, as we kind of talked about, is this entity breeds these killers. And this is some, one of the things I'm so excited to kind of touch on this because if you don't know... Um, kind of a little plug here. Ryan uh, hosts a show called The Final Girl Podcast. And The Final Girl Podcast, they discuss and analyze horror movies and go over the ins and outs and uh, the theories and discussion points of those movies to try to, to blend those into um, not only why the movie is successful, but the, the deeper plot points to try to, to bring out the things that you don't really get out of the movie the first time you watch them. Um, and that's what I want to do with this game. Because on the surface, it really is just a, a bland survival game. But the idea here is we talked about this entity that this character, Benedict, who has um, been he's searching this out. Normally, the entity plucks people out of this reality mm-hmm. and places them in this uh, purgatory. Because as we talked about in the beginning, this this campfire is like the, uh, the safe haven or the lobby, you could kind of call it. Yeah. And then these people are doomed to push these generators to try to survive in a game of life and death. And as they play through this, these characters, like, as you can imagine, if you were in this situation, like, how would you feel? Like, in the beginning, obviously, you'd want to survive, and obviously, you don't want to die. Right. So regardless of, you know, because the idea here isn't these people are dead. Because if you're dead there's no incentive to like keep going. You just die over and over again. The idea is these people are stuck in this area where they're given hope to continue to survive from this entity and then chased by these killers who are also 
breathed to life <clears throat> from and forced to do this from this entity. As as the lore states, not all of them want to, not all these killers want to do this. They have to be coerced by their drive for blood or mm-hmm. the backstory of some of these killers. And and that's something too. I don't want to cut you off here, but like when you look into the backstory of all the killers, all of the killers have, you know, that dark back history. Now, some of the survivors do as well. It's just the difference here is like the the killers have either killed before or they've been driven to the point where they almost killed someone. Whereas mm-hmm. the survivors, they might have a dark history, but it's more they try to overcome that rather than to face it like the killers were. Right. So that's, I think, how the entity is able to pick people out for either, oh, this person has a little bit of hope in them still, so let's make them, you know, a survivor, be tortured forever. Whereas you, I can make you do some real dirty stuff. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And just to to talk just to touch on that point, if if you want to know more, I didn't want to waste everyone's time going into like the backstories right. of each each character because the game has its own like custom stereotype characters that it's created. But a lot of these are also licensed characters, like Michael Myers. Everyone knows his backstory. Well, um, actually, real quick, what's cool is um, Ghostface. Everyone knows you know the story of Scream, but they made up a new story for Ghostface in the game yeah so a lot of these I haven't read Michael Myers backstory or anything like that I'm pretty sure it's probably the same though as the movie but the original like the OC characters in this game so worth the time to read the lore of those characters yeah we might we might do another episode on that but the main idea of the game itself mm -hmm. is obviously the idea of the entity and the survivors and it's more of a small discussion because it's not I don't think it's anything that warrants like this grandiose like introduction this game the main point of this episode is to touch on how you can derive story kind of like we did with the deep rock galactic episode is how you can derive a story from some small subtle details which Mm -hmm. i think this game shines at it absolutely does yeah so i again take the time go on the the dead by daylight site and read the backstories of these characters and lore because they are fascinating there's a lot of really good ones out there um but one thing I want to, you you touched on it the idea of hope and I think that that's a really cool point to bring up because I something I hadn't considered was that when you consider the backstories that some of these characters have where they have like that dark point where they have to make that decision between life mm-hmm. and death and as we read from Benedict's journal in the beginning it discusses how some of these killers have to be coerced to do these things as opposed to whether they want to whether that's referring to their animalistic nature to be coerced by the entity to, to kill, or whether it's referring to the internal struggle of of good versus evil, which right. ultimately can make or break a good killer. Because um, you know, if they're just a murderous fiend, it's not really all that fun. Exactly. But that internal struggle, the psychological aspect of it, really makes a killer like terrifying. And, and I think uh, again, I'm, I'm touching on some backstories here. I'm not going to go too much into it. I think that's why the Legion is one of my favorite original killers in Dead by Daylight because the Legion is not just one person. If you look at the characters, it's mm-hmm. four teenagers. You can pick from each of the, the teenagers. And the entity picked them because they just wanted to kill people. Like, it's just a group of teenagers who are just like, we want to kill people. And it's yeah. terrifying how it's just like, okay, they, they got this chance to do so. Yeah, it's it's weird. And if, if you tie that back to like how the entity chooses the the people who it has as its killers. So the idea here is that the entity takes killers and it also takes survivors and p- plants them in this area to where, again, they don't take dead people. He takes people who have a struggle mm-hmm. and who can find hope in just surviving that one more time. Is this the time 
that I'm actually going to get out of this purgatory. But no, it just leads them back to this bonfire. So and, this... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to finish what you're saying. I was, so this Benedict character was one of the, the people who figured out that there was something going on. He was taken, and then he also got stuck in this endless loop. Right. And now he he has succumbed to it. And there's a lot of talk out there about who Benedict becomes. Does he eventually become one of these killers? These, and Or is he one of these stereotypical, like, is he the hillbilly? Is he some, mm-hmm. something like that? So when you take that idea of hope, as you could see his hope was fading from the journal that we, we introduced this episode with, and you apply that to you know Claudette, or you apply that to Nia Carlson, or any of these characters, right? They all have stellar aspects, and they're the idea of survival. There's no point when you're playing this game, obviously taking out the meta aspect of it being a video game. But there's no point where they just give up and die. They're always trying to mm-hmm. make it out, and that's what the entity feeds off of. Is that is, hope? Is that hope? So at the point in time, you you have to assume that they're in some type of purgatory, not a hell where they're being relentlessly tortured for nothing. This entity is not a... It's a supernatural being that is feeding off of the idea of hope and survival. And at the point in time that that's lost, what becomes of these killers if they no longer have any purpose to the entity? Do they go back, or are they discarded, or what could happen to them? And see, that's what I was going to bring up here, is you were talking about Benedict. No one knows who he is in terms of the game. Like, there's no character named Benedict. There's no killer whose backstory has Benedict in it. Um, but that was something I, I thought about was while we were reading this whole thing, he slowly loses hope over time. He's like, I'm never going to get out of here. You know, it's just, this is becoming repetitive now. I'm just doing this over and over and over again. Um, and I was thinking that might be, you know, you brought it up, but if the, if the entity can't find killers who are willing to kill they have to be coerced aka lose all their hope and then eventually be turned into a killer so like the survivors awesome (laughs) the survivors in the game who are you know being tortured they're on the edge that's why the entity picks them because they have hope left but as that hope diminishes they're going to turn to the dark side and now it'll it's just an endless cycle the killers over here who have you know they're never going to go away because there's always going to be more people who are being brought in as those who are being brought in lose their hope and become killers. We're just repeating the cycle over and over again. Oh my God. That is, that is awesome. That, that is so <laughs> cool. I had not even remotely considered that. So it's like the entity has found a way using the, the psychological ineptitude of, of humanity, of humanity to create an endless cycle of food for itself, mm-hmm. which that is hope and disparity he feeds off of both of those things because if the killers are being judged for the job that they're doing they because like in the game whenever you're playing the killers or whatever yeah yeah, you displease the entity so therefore like you do poorly so the the killers are obviously being judged as well so there's the side of of hope that it feeds off of from the survivors but there's the um kind of like a a, a god from like the right. Greek, where they feed off of the the worship they receive from these killers, and that's kind of almost where you have to think: is it really the survivors being tested here, or is it the killers who are the ones being you know more tortured? Because if the killers don't please their god, we don't know what happens after you know you get into displeasing the game. Yeah, that's true. So it's are almost they, are they continuing to be tortured? What happens? To exa- them are are, there, are the killers being tortured? Yeah, outside of we don't know what's happening because it's like you're here. 
your job is to get these people, kill them, and sacrifice them to me. If you don't do that, who knows what happens? Yep. So honestly, you think about it like that, it's almost as if the killers are the ones being tested. Yep. I, that's, yeah, that's some really... <laughs> see, that's what I love about this when we have these discussions, because they lead us to things we never would have thought about by ourselves. That leads me to a point, though. I <laughs> I wanted to talk about this with you because we talked about Cabin in the Woods and on your show, which yeah. is a great episode. Go check it out. Final Girl Podcast. 10 out of 10 show. <laughs> um we talked about, if you haven't seen that movie, go watch it. Spoiler alert, the in effect right now for that. If you haven't watched Cabin in the Woods, turn this off right now uh, and go watch it. But in that movie, everything is being controlled by some sort of being. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so neat how this game, after watching that movie and discussing it and really going into detail in it, how this could potentially be some type of third-party avenue where they're using this system, the entity, a.k.a. this infrastructure in Cabin in the Woods, is a way for them to test the killers and make them stronger before implementing them back into uh, the real idea of pleasing the Ancient Ones. So maybe the Ancient Ones, they've developed this quote-unquote entity Uh to be them that they control as a way to prompt the killers who are obviously created by the ancient ones for yeah. pleasure, uh, a.k.a. The, the viewers, who are ultimately also the players. So this is just an extension of the Cabin in the Woods universe where this is their this is the testing bed to breed the killers into real killing machines. I like that. Now let me take it and twist it back around on you real quick here for a second. Take out the... We have, you know, obviously the ancient ones are the, are the players, Let's take that aside for a second. As a video game, you have the killer and the and the survivors. Both are being played by the player. But let's take into consideration that the entity is the player base themselves. Because you think about it this way. Players who are playing a survivor, they hope to escape. If they do, they want to play more. If they die, they're like, okay, I got to go again. That's that repetitive cycle there. Players who play as the killer, if they are unsuccessful and everyone escapes, all four people live, Entity Displeased is the person themselves playing as the, as the killer. They have displeased themselves mm. by not doing what they're supposed to do in the game. I like this theory a lot. <laughs> so technically, <laughs> if we're going based on Cabin in the Woods and um, Dead by Daylight, the Entity is the player. Controlling yeah. and manipulating the pawns on the chessboard. Yeah, I like that a lot. So, so the entity is, which goes back, they, the <coughs> entity being described as an a- ancient force of evil mm-hmm. goes back to being the ancient ones from the cabin. They're tied together. You, you heard it here. <laughs> it here. is now canon. <laughs> cabin in the Woods and Dead by Daylight are the same universe. <laughs> I think that's how it should be, personally speaking. Now, here's another thing to kind of tie that all together. Okay. In this game, Bill <laughs> is in this game. Yes. From Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. It is canon that Left 4 Dead, that Left 4 in the Dead woods. is part of Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> Therefore, there is a hard... This is seven, the seven layers of Kevin Bacon right here. There is a hardline evidence right there that Dead by Daylight and Cabin in the Woods are linked together. You heard it here, folks. There we we go. just tied the knot. Now We're another, dropping bombs tonight, another, y'all. Another cool thing I wanted to point out, I, I talked about it in previous episodes, but I need to talk about this here since we're, we're actually linking the, the three together at this point. In uh, Left 4 Dead, 
whenever Bill dies. Bill is die. Bill dies because there's a bridge that's down, and he sacrifice. It's called the sacrifice level. He dies in. He sacrifices his life to be to save to raise the bridge. He has to power a generator to save his uh, his companions. He goes powers a generator and gets mobbed by zombies. So that generator powers the bridge to raise and his his cohorts escape. Bill dies repairing generators and then has pulled before he dies by the entity because he has there's that idea of fleeting that, that, hope that mm-hmm. for survival he pulls him, plucks him, puts him in the Dead by Daylight universe because the fleeting hope of his survival and the idea of the preparing the generator is how he met his demise. And then, boom, he's stuck repairing generators over and over again, dying, trying to survive. It's too perfect. I it, mean, it, it's it too honestly, perfect. It's, it's too perfect to be co- coincidence. Yeah. Uh, so there you, you, go. you heard it here, folks. First, from Video Game Mythos <laughs> with Ryan Turner and Final Girl Podcast in collaboration. <laughs> Video game, or uh, sorry, Left for Dead and Cabin in the Woods and Dead by Daylight all take place in the same universe. Here's your hardline evidence there you right go. there. Yeah, so this has been, <laughs> this has been a great, I, I know it was a short discussion, but that, that was some good conversation. We've, oh, absolutely. I, I feel like that was awesome. So uh, we're going to wrap it up, guys. Thanks for listening to Video Game Mythos. It's been an absolute trip. We're looking to wrap up season two here in the next coming weeks. I think we have two more episodes on the docket for you guys, so stay tuned for what's coming next. After that, we got some big changes coming up. Check out all the other shows on the 13 Palm Trees Network. You heard it from uh, Ryan Turner, Final Girl Podcast. If you like what you heard here, you're getting a lot of that, except with movies. Uh, so check out his show. It's fantastic. Um, and then head on over to check out all the other shows on the 13 Palm Trees Network, including Wasted Local Talent, D&D Kinda, Gurus of Gaming, a lot of good content out there from all different genres of everything. So go check them out. It's a lot of fun. And Ryan, thank you for being on the show today. I'm sure I know you love the show listening and I love having you on. So it's been Absolutely. an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having, having me. Here. Yeah, of course. Until next time, guys, we will see you in two weeks. Love you. Bye.